Captain's Log, Stardate 73482.7 We have found that this station has many mysteries to it, and at times it seems that it is drugged with some of the technical malfunctions that one might experience on a shakedown cruise. Our station engineering corps sometimes wonder if this will be a fight to the death in repairs. I am optimistic that we will not have to face that as an eventuality. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to exploring new worlds and adventure. Make it so. Alright guys, welcome back to yet again another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, I'm Captain Chase McKinney, and I am joined by my first officer, Lieutenant Commander Christopherson. What's going on, Eric? Hey Chase, good to be back. Thanks for having me back aboard. Hey, you're always welcome. This is your home, my dude. And uh, anyways, um, like you guys heard from a previous episode, we are, we are cashing in on this for our first installment with the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Phil, Phyllis in Seidel from the History of Middle Earth podcast, uh, the Minas Tirith Archives podcast. So uh, with that, uh, welcome back, Phil. How's it going? Pretty good. Glad to be here. How have you been? I'm just, I'm hanging in there, staying sober and out of jail, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's good. That's good it goals. Is. And you. Those are always good goals. Always. <laughs> that was a, that was advice that was wisdom, like some wisdom droppage from my grandmother. Every time we would leave her house, she would always say, you know, stay sober and out of jail. So it stuck with me for my entire lifetime, apparently. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That'll help you I, get far. So <laughs> I've always I've got the second part down, not always the first part to that. Okay. Well, I guess keep working on it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to bail you out. <laughs> I mean, you're in Missouri for crying out loud. That's a long. That's a long shuttlecraft trip. Let alone that's a beaming. Long, that's a long shuttlecraft trip. Yes. Yeah. I don't. And we can't quite beam like the. The transporter pad is kind of down right now, so we actually had to have Phil come in a shuttlecraft to uh, Lone Star Station for this particular uh, conference that we're having. So I'm glad you made it without any issue on the shuttle shuttlecraft and stuff like that. So um, it wasn't too bad. So it's been it's been a little while. So you were um, on one of our earlier shows when we were first getting started, getting off the ground. So for those that either might not have listened or are brand new and haven't caught up yet for whatever reason, um, Phil, why don't you give, give listeners just a quick plug on, um, on the podcast that you run and, and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I run a podcast called History of Middle Earth, and it's basically a super in-depth look at the people and places of Tolkien's writings and all throughout Middle Earth and we're going through the Fellowship of the Ring right now and then we'll go through the rest of that series and on to the Hobbit and the Silmarillion and just choosing one or two people or places at a time and each episode just learn all about all we can about that person or place cool 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 now in that podcast do you focus more on the books or on the movies the books the books okay I'll have like little excerpts from the movies and just kind of like cover because a lot of the people haven't read the book so I don't want to kind of completely leave them out um, but and I have like sound clips from the movies too but in terms of like the factual stuff you know if there's a discrepancy between the book the book and the movie 
obviously I go with the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and even listening to, uh, I think it's your most recent episode, if I'm not mistaken, on Aragorn, um, you had some pretty awesome sound clips, some soundscapes in there that you were putting in there, and I really I really like that. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. I finally figured out how to get the quality of the sound clips a lot better. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. I was proud of that one. Okay. So, um, so yeah, you you do a really good job. You you know you're really good at what you do when it comes to, um, you know, the podcast and the the knowledge and the the awareness that you have of of all things Lord of the Rings. So speaking of Lord of the Rings, um, Eric and I were talking about this in a, a previous episode, and uh, I don't know if if you'll remember this or if you're aware of it at all, Phil, but. Um, in some of the Star Trek Picard trailers, there's a character that's um, he, he's we're, we're being led to believe that he's going to be a main character in Star Trek Picard, and uh, people are calling him Space Legolas. <laughs> okay. Are you aware of this at all? I am not, but I'm going to Google Space Legolas right now and see what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> A so, bunch of drawings. So this is our this is our Romulan character, right? There's a space Legolas travel mug. Yeah, there's this this Legolas character. Interesting. Is he's like black haired and stuff like that, and um, got some like wicked wicked um, eyebrows and stuff. But he's a Romulan, so. Um, Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I don't, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I think I've seen, like, screenshots, and I think it's because he's, like, super clean cut, like, front of the GQ magazine type person. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Legolas was in the movies compared to everyone else. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And he's carrying, okay. like, a sword, too. So, I mean, and not so much, like, a... Uh, like a bow and arrow, like like Legolas yeah. would, but but still, um, he may end up with a ranged weapon. <laughs> you never know. I don't feel like we do a lot of hand to hand combat in the next generation era. We kind of left that behind in the Kirk era. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna send you um, a picture, uh, Phil, so you can kind of see. Uh, what we're talking about uh, with with this space Legolas character, uh, Romulan Ry- Romulan Legolas. If you want to do a a search for that on your end, also. Okay. I know we're just kind of like springing this on you. No, you're good. Are those the Romulans? I know them. They're in one of the the main movies, right? Yes. Yes. Certain iterations of them, yes. Okay. So, the the last time we ever saw Captain Picard, they were the primary, one of the primary antagonists. Right. Okay. So I just sent you something on Messenger, so you can. Yeah, I can definitely see it. You can see. You can see the (laughs) space legless. Yeah, with the slicked back hair, the pointy ears, and. Yep. The yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I I'll agree with that. Okay, so so let's just let's just go there for a second. I mean, 
what do you think it would be like to have like a collision course of Lord of the Rings and Star Trek with like the four or five episodes that you've seen so far? What could that be like? <laughs> um, wow, those are two very different. I mean, they're both in like the same-ish category, but I mean, in terms of, of like, you know, movie genres but, or general genre, but we're talking like super sci-fi, outer space, lasers with like medieval times and different races all after each other. So that's, that'd be an interesting mix. I mean, I can definitely see like, I mean, we know, I know from all I really know is for those who listen to the last episode I was in, all I know of Star Trek is the main, um, oh, his name just left me. The main movies, what was it by Rian Johnson with, are we talking Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. That's right. Yeah. Dang it. I should have gone with my gut. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, with Chris Pine. So like, I'm a huge fan of all those movies. Um, I think I own all, all those, um, but that's all I really know about Star Trek. So I know in in those we see like some sword fighting, hand-to-hand stuff. Um, so, I mean, I could definitely see that kind of making its way in. I'm not so, maybe not so much about bow and arrow type stuff, unless it's like a laser crossbow, like something out of Star Wars, like Chewie's bowcaster thing. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like we could just use our Star Trek ships and, like, bombard Middle Earth from outer space. <laughs> and you'd never stand a chance. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's, like, a versus mode, then, yeah. If you're going, like, super, super uh, futuristic spaceships versus people living in the Stone Age, yes. <laughs> I think like the wizards and Gandalf and any of the gods would be our best bet, but I think half of them wouldn't even care. So, <laughs> like, yeah, you had it coming anyway. <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. All right, no, no Chicago. No one. <laughs> I mean, go for it. It's just gonna be the chase show, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll put that we'll put that into the show later on for some kind of interlude or whatever. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, one ship to rule them all. You know, we all know that's the Enterprise or something. Anyway, all right. So, um, so we've seen Space Legolas. We've had some reactions. We've been able to see, you know, the the distant relationship that he may or may not have with Legolas. Um, dude, what if? Hold on, hold on, guys. Head cannon time. What if? What if? the elves are actually Romulans or or something or the Romulans are, are actually elves in Middle Earth <laughs> I had a feeling that's where you're going with that yeah totally totally I mean, I mean that'd be nuts I mean like we've seen that we've seen the image in fact I'll um, I'll find it and uh, I'll post it in the group and on Twitter and stuff but there's an image that's kind of going around or has has made the rounds before and you two might might have seen it where it has like um, a Star Trek character and a Middle Earth character, and it's like orc, space orc, human, space human, and stuff like that. I think we might have posted on one of our mutual groups 
uh, Phil. That sounds we, really familiar. Yeah, if not in one of our chats. Eric, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, I feel like I've seen that picture before. Yeah. So. Somewhere floating around the internet. Yeah. All right, well, um, man, we just, that was great. Loved it. So, you know, getting back, getting back to what we're going to be talking about today in terms of, of content, we know that, um, that Picard, the, the show, Star Trek Picard, is going to be coming back here in um, just a few short weeks. Um, at the time of the, this release, uh, we're going to be about uh, two and a half ish weeks uh, from the show dropping on CBS All Access. So, um, part of what we're doing with this podcast is we're, um, you know, we're just talking about all things Trek, and we're we're trying to be a place where people that have never seen Trek before can still feel welcome. And that's part of what we're doing with, with you, Phil. I mean, you're always welcome. You're a good friend. And I'm glad that you're willing to be the guinea pig on this. Um, but, you know, just kind of seeing things fresh from um, a new, like a person's, you know, eyes for like the first time. So um, that and just a whole host of other things. So uh, with that, in today's episode, we want to talk about just the very first few episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1. So, uh, when when we first started out talking about this idea, we had taken a poll or or kind of like gotten some ideas from other folks, um, and I think you would even ask me, Phil, like, what do you recommend um, as like an entry point? And I, I said Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, pretty easy to get into. Um, Eric's your your entry point you said was uh, the Gorn battle, but in earnest, it was Voyager. That's correct, yeah. Voyager is what got me into Star Trek. Right. And then for me, it was definitely Next Generation also. So, I've seen Next Generation a number of times. Eric's seen it a number of times. And we've all seen it, you know, a first time, and, we've, and that's been a while for both of us. Um, so, Phil, this has been like within the like the last few weeks to a month that you've seen these episodes. So, um, I think I asked how many episodes did I asked you to watch was it like three, four, five, something like that. Yeah, you said like between three and four, and I was yeah, depending on how we were talking earlier, depending on you know where you look, it was between three and four episodes, depending okay. on how they listed it out. So, okay, and to. To clarify that for anyone listening, um, Encounter at Farpoint, which is the pilot, which we'll definitely be talking about, was it initially premiered as a two-hour like pilot movie type of thing, but whenever it's in syndication, um, it's aired as two different episodes. So that's where it can kind of get a little dicey. Like, is it or isn't it an episode or two episodes? So um, how did you treat it? Did you just treat it as as one episode, Phil? Yeah, I pulled it up on Netflix and watched it there, and I think it was just one, yeah, it was just one long, like, two-hour, or however long it was, kind of episode. Okay. Yeah, Net- Netflix has it as one piece, where, like, it's an hour and a half. There are some two-part episodes that are split up into two episodes, where you have to literally hit next episode, mm-hmm. but Netflix has this as one big hour-and-a-half episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, um, today, the uh, we're just kind of 
we're going to be a little informal with this, like no real set um, uh, like structure, and that can be dangerous. But uh, we're just going to have a converse, we're just going to have a conversation and have some fun with it, and just see where it goes and how it how it develops and things like that. So uh, I think the episodes that we've kind of agreed on for the most part uh, with what we're talking about, we're looking at Encounter at Farpoint, uh, The Naked Now. Uh, Code of Honor, and do you have Last Outpost as one that you viewed, Phil? I don't believe so. Not based on the list that I pulled up, no. Okay. So, the la- uh, the Last Outpost would be um, um, the first episode with the Ferengi in it. So, the weird-looking dudes with big ears and some weird swatch electric lightning whip things, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, say the name again. Ferengi? Ferengi. F-E-R-E-N-G-I. Okay, yeah. No, I haven't seen them yet. Okay. So then we're going to be going up to Code of Honor. (laughs) This is going to be great. (laughs) So we'll get to Code of Honor later on. Uh, So um, let's let's start with... um, uh, just the four episodes as a whole. So between the two of you guys, so first you, Phil, since this is your first go at it, um, when you were, what was, what was your overall impression of these first four episodes that you watched? Um, let's see. First impression would be that, I mean, it was definitely like right off the bat could tell it was an older series from the special effects and everything, mm-hmm. and I did, you know, everything I just you know remind myself it's an obviously an older series and i'm coming in really late so not to hold that against it of course um it was it was good the first episode ish episode or two um it seemed to kind of like drag on a little bit like or it was just slower pace and maybe that was just setting up more of the story um and then it by the time it got to the episode um, we just said it earlier, but the one with the toxic gas that kind of made everyone all loopy and laughing. And the naked like, now. Yeah. Um, that one seemed a bit better of a pace. So. Okay. So it's, it's sped up, or at least was enough to, you know, really, like, kind of keep me watching more. Okay. Once stuff yeah, I would happening. agree that... I would agree that the encounter at Farpoint does try and take its time introducing us to the characters and the ship. I mean, there's a scene right at the beginning where it's just Picard walking around the ship, taking his tour of it, and he's commenting with this monologue. Hey, I'm just touring the ship right now because it's brand new. So I would agree it starts off a little bit slower like that. I think that was that's something that you'll see a lot more of like especially with like the first season and maybe even the first part of season two but it's definitely going to be a staple i i would say of of season one where there's going to be a slower pace there's going to be more character development um i mean there, there you see character development all throughout the series um in a very intentional way um but yeah so so you, but like I guess like the main thing was, it's slower and the special effects were kind of, um, maybe dated a little bit 
is what you were saying. Yeah, which I'm not holding against it. It was just, it just showed. It was just one of those things that was kind of funny. Like yeah. in the, the intro with the repeated flybys and just different uh, stuff when, you know, they're kind of in outer space. It shows that it's more like humorous than like, oh, this is so bad yeah. um, type stuff. So. Okay. All right. So, so we have Encounter at Farpoint, which is the, the pilot. And uh, with Encounter at Farpoint, what did you think of it? Um, I mean, it was, it wasn't bad. That was, I feel that was the, the courtroom one where they get like kind of captured. Yeah. That, I don't know where or when, but I've definitely seen like that courtroom scene before somewhere. (laughs) I think it was one of those maybe like way back in the day when it was on TV a bunch and I was just kind of scrolling through. I was like, Oh, Star Trek, what's this? I put it on and. I may have seen it then because I before this I I don't think I've seen like an episode from beginning to end all the way through, but I definitely like recognized a lot of what was happening at that point. Um, but that's as basically as far as it goes. Um, so that was interesting to see because I was like I've definitely seen this before. Um, I mean it was good. It made me that was kind of the episode where it showed Picard as a leader and personally i from what i've seen you know the first three or four episodes in so far i really like him as a leader i don't know if that will change at any point um but i like just how he doesn't you know tolerate any bs to say uh from people and you know he's not going to be manipulated or blackmailed into screwing over his own people and it was cool just to watch and like watch somebody you know stand up for their people no matter who they were And I think I think that this episode with this courtroom scene, it's the purpose of it. I think is to distinguish Picard from Kirk, our original captain, whereas Kirk was kind of this cowboy in space, and we're trying to see um, Picard as being more of a diplomat, and we're really trying to show that this is going to be a different type of character leading our show. I would agree. Yeah, and. Um... <laughs> Whenever you're talking about this, uh, like with Picard as a as a captain as a leader, um, you you're right in in the fact that he he doesn't you know take BS and stuff like that. And you know with with any show with with any character development, there's going to be ebbs and flows of you know like how people are written and and the personalities and the interactions and how um, like the edges um, might not be as sharp as they were in the beginning as they are in the end. So not that there's going to be a stark difference by the time that this is, is said and done, but I think you're on to something with what you're noticing about Picard early on. Like he's a diplomat. He's like you were saying, Eric, he's a diplomat and you know he doesn't take BS and there's this, this character quality about him um, that really resonates with like he's willing to stand up for his people um, in this very first episode when all of humanity is being put on trial by this omnipotent being known as Q yeah and I again all I know about Captain Kirk is the J.J. Abrams movies um, but putting that in there I feel like just 
using that courtroom scene specifically is had Captain Kirk kind of been in his shoes he probably would have gotten someone killed maybe um, because you know his ego and like that how dare you you know back talk me attitude where Picard is like that you know calm collected take a breath analyze the situation do what's best um, based on what you know what's gonna help the most people out right and you you see a little bit of of courtroom action um, prominently in the Kirk era in um, in the sixth uh, original cast movie known as the undiscovered country and we'll eventually do an episode on that and talking about that and I'd love to eventually get a reaction from, uh, regarding that uh, that's probably way down the line before that that sort of thing happens but uh, you, you see you kind I don't know if you see, really see that but if you if you were to look at them side by side you might arrive at different conclusions on on kind of like what we're talking about right now but um, okay so uh, any any other thoughts uh, regarding just that bit right there from either Eric or, or Phil I think that's all I have <laughs> So, um, Encounter at Farpoint, and we kind of covered this um, a little bit in uh, one of the first episodes of the podcast, but this was, this this episode brought on board an original writer uh, from, um, from Star Trek, so the original series just called Star Trek then, and that was DC Fontana, who recently uh, had passed, has passed away um, here in late, in late 2019. Her and the series creator, uh, Gene Roddenberry, they kind of co-penned it um, in terms of like both halves and like what to include and what not to include. So something that um, I've probably talked about and I think Eric has brought up as well in certain instances is that at times it feels like there are two or three or just multiple stories kind of going on where it seems kind of like like stark contrast from each other. Did you get that at all whenever you were watching Encounter at Farpoint? Um, I have to think back because I, f- I watched that one like originally right after we, I almost said filmed, uh, recorded the last episode. Um, like I went, watched that one, and then it was like a two-week delay before I was able to get back around to the others. So that one was like way back. Um, trying to remember kind of put it all back together in my head again um i mean i could kind of see that yeah with the two because you know that guy who could just like teleport anywhere and you know it was captain picard and a few of his crew members that were kind of brought into that courtroom and then there was the rest of the ship who didn't and nobody knew what was going on back there and you know where he was so yeah Yeah, and like I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, it was written like the original pilot encounter at Farpoint was just going to be a one-hour episode, and it was just going to be the mystery of Farpoint Station, and then Gene Roddenberry came in and told a lie basically and said the studio says I have to write the pilot episode, so that's where he <laughs> came in and he wrote the whole Q part of it. Yeah. So they had these two storylines that they had to blend together. And that's why you see, like, 
Riker and Jordy and Dr. Crusher, you don't even see them until like over a half hour into this episode. Right. Right. So we'll just we'll we'll keep on keep on going and we'll just kind of jump back in as as um, the conversation kind of leads and evolves um, itself. So, um, you know, following this, following this particular episode, um, they've the the Enterprise D crew has been put on trial by Q from the Q continu- continuum. We'll we'll find out, and um, they're they basically just keep on going on their way. You know, to do their mission. Um, to boldly go where no one's gone before type of thing. And we go into the next episode, which is called The Naked Now. And um, Eric, uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about like a very brief synopsis of The Naked Now for us. Okay, so The Naked Now. It starts with the, the crew shows up at some dying star... They, there's another ship there. They go over to this other ship, and everyone on the ship is dead. Um, and so there's the mystery of how did everyone die. And eventually they contract some kind of disease that gets brought back to our Enterprise. And it starts to basically make everyone act like they're drunk, and they don't care. And so no one wants to do their job. No one has any inhibitions, and... Basically, Wesley Crusher takes over the ship. Same sounds about right. So, does that sound familiar at all to you, Phil? Yes. Okay. Definitely saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, what'd you think about this this naked now drunk episode? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It was a nice change of pace from the last one, okay. and. The just kind of the storyline of it, and this was also, you know, the young kid. I can't, I can't remember so bad with the names. Wesley. Wesley, yes. Um, you know, ends up being this like super smart, techy kind of geek that catches on and learns everything super fast, and ends up helping save the day. Um, it reminded me. A little bit at times of Anakin Skywalker because I just watched episode one again and being the little kid that's like in the cockpit of the ship and being like, oh, this does that and that does that. And everyone's like, wow, he catches on really quick and learns more or knows more than, you know, he probably should. Um, But yeah, I thought it was a. That becomes a recurring theme. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great. Um, (laughs) Tell all the kid, the younglings to start running. but yeah, it was a it was a pretty decent episode. I definitely liked it more than the last one, and you know, like thought the idea and the story of it and everything was pretty good. Okay. Okay, so this one, uh, this particular episode, was a uh, almost a rehash uh, of an original series episode. Um, called uh, the Naked Time. I'm pretty sure is what it was called. And um, if you've you might have seen it because it's just so dang popular. But there's an episode of George Takei, or not, in the episode George Takei, God Almighty, his character, 
is shirtless and he's like you know uh, whipping um, his sword around in um, on one of the decks and he's just wanting to do some sword fighting like some swashbuckling type stuff like that's how he's being uh, affected by this thing that's impacting the entire crew so a uh, little callback to that um, and in fact there's an in, ep- in the episode I think it's uh, Riker's character uh, even mentions that uh, Kirk's Enterprise did this and they found a cure for it but they can't use the cure of course like why would we use the exact same formulation <laughs> yeah it also there was that part like the for some reason it also made me think of <laughs> the Percy Jackson lightning thief movie where they go to the party and everybody just gets put into like a lucid like loopy drunken state of euphoria and they just kind of get lost there until they die and maybe for some reason that came into my head too while I was watching this episode. Hmm. I have not seen Percy Jackson. Have you seen it, Eric? I have not. No. Oh. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> it sounds like a great reference, though. No, it sounds like a good reference. Sure. Yeah. So, um, what are some other thoughts? I mean, I know you you might have some some notes or some ideas or, or something regarding. Uh, at least these these first two episodes we've talked about. So, um, I mean, what do you what do you think of this episode? Um, it's hard. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't have like too much to compare it to in terms of Star Trek wise. So, like, you know, coming out of the that original episode that was really kind of setting up everything and slower paced. Um, this one was a nice because I guess it was, you know, a shorter, smaller episode. So it was kind of like you getting to the starting off the story of, you know, what happens and getting to the end of it within that 20, 30 minute time frame. So the pace of it was a lot more. And then being that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on until the very end. It they kind of did the, what is it, suspension of. No, that's not where I was going. Wrong direction there. Um, you know, it kind of kept you interested because, you know, you're kind of wanting to know what's going to happen and who's going to get affected by it and who's not and yeah. who's going to stop it. And you're like, oh, I think they will. Oh, no, they're now affected by it. And then you're like, crap. So it's kind of like keeps you drawn in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you said that you enjoyed this episode more than the pilot episode? I did, yeah, because my attention spans like as much as a dead goldfish. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, like I said, like we said, this is essentially a a remake of one of the early episodes from the original series, and okay. uh, this episode, the original episode called "The Naked Time," was written by DC Fontana, the same person who wrote the the pilot episode Encounter at Farpoint, and DC Fontana actually hates this remake episode (laughs) so much so that she did not allow her name to be used in the screenwriting credits like they used a like a pseudonym for her name she would not put her name on this episode wow interesting yeah (laughs) yeah 
I'll have I mean, to watch think, that original one too, just to kind of compare them. Yeah, yeah, that original episode I feel like would be a good entry point into the original series because the original series you can watch in any order you want, and that Naked Time being like episode three or four, I'm not sure exactly which, is a really good starting point for the original series. That was going to be my next question, if it was like, you know, at the very beginning of the season or towards the end there, too. Yep, it's right right at the very beginning. Yeah, and if you watch it, like, on, um, like, I'm sure most people are going to be watching stuff on, like, a Netflix type of thing. I know, like, Disney Plus has kind of entered the game, and it's kind of, you know, shaking some things up, but things are, like, are kind of out of order, um, on Netflix to a certain extent. I mean, not, not too wildly, but um, uh, it should be closer to the front than it is the back when it comes to to like being able to find it. So just bear that in mind. And also bear in mind that with this being the 60s, there weren't the same time constraints um, on televised broadcasts as there are now. Like now... Uh, things I think have to either be like at a 42 minute and 50 second or it's 45 minutes and 20 seconds or or something like that and whenever you watch uh, you know original series uh, at least on Netflix uh, or Hulu or CBS All Access wherever you're gonna watch it, Amazon Prime doesn't matter um, these episodes are gonna be like 52 53 ish minutes I'm, I'm pretty sure um, or at least close to it yeah, they're all right around 50 minutes longer, 50 minutes long. So, you're just, if it feels like it's going on for a while, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we've, we have, um, we have this episode, and in this episode, um, there's like all sorts of stuff going on. Like, there's a lot of sweat that we see, lots of sweat. Uh, large amounts of perspiration in this episode um, and Eric's drinking some water as we're talking about sweating which is great and uh, and with that uh, we also have some uh, potentially awkward uh, situations that also occur <laughs> in this particular episode okay so uh, we have Crusher and Picard we have um, kind of, sort of. We got some Riker and Troy action going on. We have Data and Tasha Yar. So, um, we're just going to go ahead and go with it right now. So, you know, kind of watching this episode, what was your favorite, maybe your favorite moment and maybe your most awkward moment that kind of comes to mind? <laughs> Um, on this particular show or episode not show episode um well I, I was surprised Picard did end up getting with what's her face I don't know if because he he always had that super professional serious like you know face that he puts on so I was like oh he he's not gonna do it like he's gonna turn her down and you know he's all work no play <laughs> um so that, or is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is he? There's, there's so I some thought. times when maybe uh, he's not. <laughs> so I mean, I guess I could. I I did like that. <laughs> you know, you you have to take a break here and there. You know, have some fun. <laughs> I guess you could say. 
and um, you know take it easy every now and again. So I'm glad he you know he took her up on, on her offer. <laughs> the other more awkward one is I feel like going to be the pretty common one that everyone's thinking of. Again, the character names are the guy who's like a really just like a surrogate robot thing not surrogate but data data he's an android yeah Yeah, android there we go that's the word i was looking for um i I found it interesting you know that he joined in on that and that it affected his affected him as much being an android i don't know if like maybe he would have some resistance to it or like i don't know how maybe i'll at this point, I don't know much about his character, so I mean, I'm sure we'll learn more about that later on. But, and by this point, this is the—I mean, in all fairness, this is only the second episode. So, like, we meet the crew, you know, and we're—and you know, Picard tells him to, uh, you know, un- tell, tells Riker to, you know, put the ship back together. You know, we have the mother and son. We have Crush, you know, Beverly Crusher and and Wesley Crusher. We have the blind. You know, driver, uh, Jordy LaForge. We have the grumpiest Klingon, Worf. Uh, we have the Brit with a French name, Captain Picard. And we got the, the intergalactic cheerleader of Deanna Troy, who's who can tell you what people are feeling, which is great. Um, I mean, we, we have all, all and Tasha Yar, who's just angry she's, about she's stuff. She's there. She's, She's there. there. <laughs> She's there. She's doing a thing. So we, we we've just met these people. We've we've barely learned their names, and now here we are being thrown into some potentially highly awkward situations <laughs> after just becoming a crew. Yeah. Well, get some closer together faster, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I'm glad there wasn't anything spiked at the uh, the party. You know um, that we went to in September. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been awkward if. Anyway, I mean, there was one, thanks to Melanie, <laughs> a very strong mixture, but it was also labeled as such. So, <laughs> okay. all right, shout out to you, Mel, if you're listening. Um, so, so yeah, so the the most awkward thing for you was was uh, Data and Tasha. Uh, in their interaction, and then your more favorite type one was Picard and uh, Doctor Crusher. Yeah, I like that he has like a, a chill side too, <laughs> a party side. So we're led to believe. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? How about you, Eric? No, I think the I think the scene with Doctor Crusher Picard in his ready room is hilarious because she's like, "I'm a woman," and then she starts to unzip the top of her her uniform, and there's like this giggling sound from Captain Kirk, Captain Picard. Oh my God, I said Captain Kirk, Captain Picard. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> all right. Well, it's normally Captain Kirk that you think of with all the ladies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Which we'll find out that Riker is the next generation's Kirk, basically. Okay. More, more or less. So, um, anyway, so moving, moving along with this, um, you were saying that you did enjoy this episode more than the pilot. That's totally fine. And we've talked about some some awkward stuff uh, from this episode. Now, when we. Um, 
when we, you know, finish this this episode, we've uh, of of Next Generation, we've we're moving right along to this next one called Code of Honor. Let's talk about Code of Honor. Um, this is the one where um, it's the fourth episode, right? So or fifth, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and with this, um, I think this could have been a really good episode had they not made some of the decisions that they made. So before I say my piece about that, um, this um, had to do with um, uh, an alien race with some um, tribal type stuff, culture about them, um, about honor and fighting to the death and relationships and, and things like that. So, um, gosh, I don't want to talk about this episode, but we have to. Um, <laughs> and Eric's smiling at me on this one. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Eric, not Eric. Phil, what do you think of, of Code of Honor? I'm laughing. I'm, not, I'm trying not to. But what do you think of Code of Honor? Um... I'm trying to, again, reconnect everything uh, from what I remember. I'm looking at, like, screenshots and stuff. Um, I definitely remember seeing this one. I'm just trying to (laughs) remember what even happens. Um, My notes are, as I said earlier, all over the place, so I apologize ahead of time, and I promise I will be far more organized next (laughs) go-round. Um, what was the, the recap on this one, if you don't mind? Okay, I can give you a recap. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Enterprise shows up at this planet because this planet is the only place somehow that has a cure to a disease that's infecting some other planet. And this planet is run by a bunch of people who are like tribal and this, have this strict sense of honor. And they come up to the ship, and for whatever reason, I don't even remember why, the leader of this tribe kidnaps Tasha Yar. And so they, and they have to go down to the planet and basically get Tasha back. But the guy doesn't want to give her up. So for some reason, she ends up having to fight to the death with this, the wife of this tribal leader. Yeah, and... Data and somebody else, I can't remember who went with him, but they kind of beamed down there to go rescue her, right? There was an attempt to, yes. Yes. There was an attempt to. Yeah, Yeah, an attempt to. And then there was also, like, the barrage missiles, and they almost got killed and all that. Right. So. Yeah. So knowing knowing that and knowing that it might have been a little bit since any of us have watched this episode um let me i'll say this okay and i I don't want this to i'm saying this because i just i want to get it out um and i don't want i don't want the rest of this part of this uh, this segment of the show i don't want anyone to think that i completely hate this this episode because i don't so let me say this and then phil i want to hear from you okay so don't let this impact you too much Okay, here you're good. I 100% think that this story is a good story. Okay? I like it. Um, uh, I I like the the Star Trek uh, 
angle that they that they're doing with it for this next generation episode. I don't think it's I don't think the story is garbage. That being said, I think the episode is garbage. And those are two different things. The episode is I think it's garbage more because it's of some of the decisions that they made with the alien races. Okay, so and the choices not not with the alien races, but how the alien race was portrayed in, in those decisions. Because it came off as this like like almost like a like a pulp comic like you know African like stereotypical African culture like like it's a caricature type of thing and I think that they would have done it different like either had like prosthetics or or just something like if they just made like a few different choices I think this episode could have really really shined that's just my opinion though um um, I'd be interested to hear from Eric here in a second what he thinks about this. I mean, like, we've already kind of let the cat out of the bag saying, like, we don't really like this episode. So that goes without saying. But with that, Phil, fill us in. <laughs> I do like, <coughs> excuse me, um, that this is really the first time outside of, like, you know, that courtroom scene in the first episode is this is like one of the main times where we really leave the ship and kind of see, you know, another planet. Even Granted, we don't see much of it at all because Data and whoever else, they you know, they kind of beam down and they are only... You only see a very small bit before they're, you know, kind of in the middle of all these explosions going on. Um, but it was nice to kind of like see that, you know, the where everything's kind of taking place start branching out more as well um, compared to the last episode which was completely on you know the ship uh, so that was a good I guess even if it was a quick glimpse yeah okay Eric what say you I for the most part agree with your assessment Chase I think that the premise of an alien race that has this strict code of honor and these strict rituals could be interesting, but the casting here really does ruin this for me. Um, in fact, it, the casting ruined this for Gene Roddenberry as well, where he actually fired the director before the episode was even finished filming. Interesting. Yeah. So Gene Roddenberry himself said, I know that this probably wasn't something we should have done, and he fired the director. Hmm. How about that? I was just reading something about, um, about our boy Forever Ensign Harry Kim, um, Garrett... Wang, I believe. That's the way I say it. Yeah, yeah Wang. And he was um, so ha um, Harry Kim is um, a character in Star Trek Voyager, which is two Star Trek series um, from Next Generation. So um, Voyager aired in nineteen ninety. Uh, oh my God, five. five. Nineteen ninety five. Five, yeah, nineteen ninety five. 
times. I almost said 94. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> we just talked about Voyager 2. <laughs> um, but, so I'm, I'm reading this, but um, there was a reunion that happened in 2015 um, in, uh, with, with Voyager um, at um, STLV, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. And he was talking about how he was a big um, like sci-fi and Star Trek fan and but wasn't uh, too keen on like the modern iterations of Star Trek so that would have meant you know like next generation and Deep Space Nine I guess at the time and he said um, the first episode of Star Trek that he caught was Code of Honor and um, generally he regarded it as the worst episode ever um, every line, he was saying that every line and every scene was garbage. And uh, there were two um, attempts, two further attempts that he made to get into the Star Trek franchise and um, resulted in him uh, once again watching Code of Honor. And um, he, he went on and, and stated this. He said, I realized God was telling me, don't become a fan of the next generation because I would have been too nervous to audition for Voyager. So really, God helped me get on Voyager. So, I mean, it kind of worked out. I mean, even though he never got promoted, but I mean, it worked out. I mean, he ended up getting on Star Trek. But I don't know. I don't know. Just just something to add in there from a Star Trek alum um, that was on another Star Trek show. So, um, any other any other thoughts about Code of Honor um, as an episode? I know that. There are going to be people that will eventually stumble on this episode, and this might be your absolute favorite episode. So that is totally cool. That's totally fine that this is your favorite episode. It's not mine, though. It's not Eric's. So yeah. any any other thoughts? I know one thing that Star Trek does really well at some points and does really bad at some points is tackle the race issue, right? And there are lots of examples where Star Trek handles race issues very well. This is unfortunately not one of them. And I don't know if we're the three correct people to have the best perspective on tackling these types of issues. Oh, we are. <laughs> Maybe you two. <laughs> kidding. No. You're right. No, we're not. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, Eric. There are, there are times all throughout Star Trek, um, original series, next gen, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, even Discovery has has attempted it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and there are times that it's a home run, other times that it's just a complete flop, and that's okay. But it does happen, for sure. Uh, Phil, um, any, any more thoughts about Code of Honor in terms of the story, the characters, decisions, just anything that jumps out at you? Um, how many episodes are in The Next Generation? As a, a total, like total episodes, yeah. The uh, official count is one hundred and seventy-eight. Oh, good lord! Okay, that makes sense then. Because <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, with the last episode kind of being more or less a repeat, and then this episode being so unpopular, it's weird that like whenever you do your polls or people talk, that they seem to love the next generation the most out of all the different ones. Well, but the, next gener- the, the next generation, season one, is really rough. 
really rough. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 so bad that Patrick Stewart, who plays you know Captain Picard, thought the show was going to be canceled. Said no way is the show ever going to be picked up. So he didn't even unpack his bags for the entire first season. He just lived <laughs> out of his suitcase because he was so convinced it was going to be canceled. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that I know there's almost 200 episodes, I can <laughs> have look more to look forward to. So. Yeah. And I guess like the 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 next question to really ask is, you know, you've watched three or four episodes at this point, Phil. Um, apart from saying yes, I want to, or yes, I'm willing to do this for you, Chase. Um, are you interested? Like, do does do you still want to to learn more and to see more of what the show offers, despite you know, kind of what we've said and what we've seen up to this point. I'm definitely down to keep going, um, especially to kind of learn more about the races because we've only we haven't really touched on much of any of them in the at least the main like on the bridge. Um, I know, especially with like Data, like I want to learn more about him and how you know things like that gas in that air breathing in that air affected you know a robot whether that's you know he's something special or just like a continuity error or something i don't know um and then you just kind of see all these new different races of people walking around you're like kind of what's that person what's that person like where are they from and they're all you know a little different and it's kind of like i don't know star wars or lord of the rings or whatever you just see different creatures and you're like what is that like i want to know what that is and you know where it's from what does it do can it yeah. do anything cool and <laughs> just i kind of getting that with star trek as you know we ex- expand more and people get moved around and introduced and whatnot absolutely absolutely okay yeah and the first season is pretty rough and i think i think that's fair to say with pretty much any star trek series for the most part. I mean you're you're trying to figure out who you are as a show and like and who these characters are and how you know you don't want you know Janeway to be a carbon copy uh, Captain Janeway the first female captain to be a carbon copy of you know uh, Picard or of Cisco uh, or any of these other um, captains or characters that we've seen before um, stuff like that so um Speaking of characters, um, I, I'm interested to find out, um, do you have um, a favorite or preferred character um, at this point in your viewing? Um, I would, I don't know how, if this is going to sound like super cliche or not, but I would have to go with Picard for now, at least. Sure. Um, just because, <laughs> going off of earlier, I like his, you know, he that he has a party chill side um, but also just his leadership ability and just how kind of how he leads and runs his ship is something I kind of respect from him okay yeah that's like don't feel bad that you're choosing Picard he, I mean that he's a lot of people's favorite character yeah okay I think he's Chase's favorite character um he's yeah I mean I, I like them all for their own reasons <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, like, it's like they're my babies, but they're not, you know, like, ex- there's, except for one. If I never saw one person ever again, 
ever in all of Star Trekness, I'd be okay. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, you can. <laughs> Is it Wesley Crusher? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Because no. if I never saw Wesley Crusher again, I think I'd be okay. No, it's Tasha. Yet. Not that. Oh. <laughs> Shots fired, guys. Shots fired. <laughs> is that the sh- the short-haired blonde one? It is. Yes. Okay. Oh, if I had to guess, I would have guessed that. <laughs> because I think you said something earlier about her, and you're disdain for her. <laughs> well, man, I don't want to... Okay, by the way, I don't need anyone, you know, getting on Twitter and at me. No no, no hate-adding, okay? <laughs> Do or, it. Or angry, no angry tweeting and stuff. We're all entitled to our opinions and stuff. Stuffy stuff. But, um... No, I, I really do like like all of them. Um, and there is one particular episode with Tasha um, that you're not going to be experiencing um, quite yet. It'll be a little later on um, that I do really enjoy uh, with her and um, a decision that she makes. So being very cryptic at this point. But, um, right. but yeah, Picard's cool. I mean... Um, Phil, I think you know this, but I cosplay Riker, so Riker's definitely one of my favorites for sure. It's mainly the beard, because I don't like shaving my beard, so. <laughs> well, that's understandable. Yeah. I got I got the bald head, so I can do Picard. Homie, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to get a next-generation uniform, come to Texas, to a con, and we'll just roam around together. And you can tell me to make it so all you want, okay? Okay, I'd have to shave my beard as well, so, like... <laughs> Unless you get some gray and stuff. Oh, okay. Do the old Picard yeah. from the future. Yeah, man. Come on. You're picking yeah. up what I'm laying down, bro. Yeah, I'm picking it up. I know exactly what you're talking about. There we go. Phil's over here like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I don't know the old Picard from the new one. It's all good. So um, so we've talked about, we've talked about like some, some basic stuff about each of these episodes um, and uh, we've talked a little bit about some of our our favorite moments or awkward moments uh, maybe a favorite or preferred character up to this point um, if we're talking um, like messages okay so like if we're talking like a message that we think that the the episode might be trying to convey um, and there's no real right or wrong answer as far as I'm concerned with this. What would you say with each of these episodes? So Encounter at Farpoint, uh, the, you know, um, Naked Now and Code of Honor. What do you think they would be? And that could be Eric or Phil. Looks like which one we think had the best message. Yeah, what the message is, and maybe what mm. what the best message was. Oh man, that's a loaded I mean, that's a loaded and tough question. You're welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. These are the Voyages podcast. You can always uh, send us a note of what you think. So let me let me go ahead and kick this off, okay? And maybe this will like get the juices going. So when it comes to encounter at Farpoint. You know, we we find these random apples just popping up, 
you know, your heart's desire stuff basically just kind of popping up here on this station and, um, you know, just how well things are going at, at Farpoint Station where we're picking up some crew. But we're also on trial. And I kind of, I kind of, in a way, see this, this episode talking about, um, you know, treating people fairly. I think it, it could be one one message um, that you could probably argue for, both with you know what the Enterprise crew is going through when it comes to uh, what Q is putting them all through, as well as what the attendant is putting that particular alien species through, which is the Farpoint Station, basically. So treating treat, treating everyone fairly, um, I think, is like a general message that you could go with. Yeah, I would definitely choose the same episode with the encounter at Farpoint. And Q would have to be my least favorite character as of right now, just because he's obnoxious and <laughs> doesn't know personal space and personal boundaries. <laughs> um, and just the whole the mass punishment thing. Um, it's, it's just like a lazy way to deal with things. Um, and this also points to you know Picard standing up to him and why one of the reasons why I liked him so much and uh, when he did that and yeah just like I don't know I'm trying to, I was lost where I was going with that but basically that don't be like you <laughs> um, and kind of what you were saying just like individual judge everyone fairly individual basis and learn personal boundaries. <laughs> all right. So if we go to that encounter at Farpoint, we're all going there. Um, I think one of the big messages would be that, and Star Trek has tried to present this universe in which humanity has somewhat evolved and we're an idyllic species and there's no crime and we're accepting. And Q puts them on trial and he highlights these moments in their past that we're not evolved as a race. Sure. And, um, but I think part of what Picard tries to say there is we understand our past, we've accepted our past, and we're not trying to forget about our past. It's part of who we are and it's shaped what we've become and it's for those things that have happened that we have learned to better ourselves. Yeah, it's hard. That's, yeah, I remember that fills in a lot of what I was trying to <laughs> trying to say um, but yes yeah, the whole like how do you expect someone to grow and improve and become something more when you're constantly holding their past and things that they may not even done against them and beating them over the head with it right right okay now do so we... so can I talk about Q for a second because you brought this up yeah, yeah go for it so you said you don't like the Q character just as he's portrayed in this first episode yeah as of now again um just because he just keeps popping up and he just was kind of getting obnoxious and it's just like just go away leave him alone and then he brings them all into his courtroom and he's like i'm just gonna murder everyone because of bad humans long ago and whatnot and it's just like i just don't agree with you know his whole ideals and how he goes about 
goes about doing things and then just the fact that he's you know <laughs> always appearing and never you know gives people two seconds of space <laughs> okay so are you interested in exploring that character more or if you never saw him again you'd be okay with it um well i i've I know I'm definitely going to see him again, so I'm anxious to kind of see how he evolves as a character, and maybe he comes in and helps save the day or something, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I would like to see him more, because I f feel like, I don't know, there could be a re redemption arc to him <laughs> for me, um, or maybe he just... You know, as we learn more about him, you know, things make more sense of why he is like that and was going to, and is doing all those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would like to see him more, I guess. Okay. All right. I'm just curious if what, like, you're interested in that character growth that we'll see from everyone. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And Going off of just that first episode only. Yeah. And believe me, you're going to see a lot more, more Q for sure. All right, and um, there. Well, are... I wasn't. I wasn't trying to, to spoil anything in that regards. Well, I did, so, I mean, I am. So. I mean, well, I mean, I already knew he comes back at some point. So. Uh, there's there's some very interesting things that happen with him, and I think interesting is probably the best word to use at this point. So. And there's a lot of good memes with Q as well. <laughs> That's okay. true. Like, like there, there's one really good, the Picard facepalm meme. Yeah, I see right? that one a lot. You've seen that one? Yeah, well, that's in in reaction to Q. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I recognized that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a meme. <laughs> whenever, you know, you watch something, you're like, oh, that's where that meme's from. Yep. And uh, I had it, yeah, I had that moment. I do remember that. Yeah. So, um... So we've we've talked about this, and we can we can certainly still talk about um, the other two episodes if you want to in terms of, of messages. Um, do you guys do you guys want to do that or or not really? Well, in in the naked now or the naked time, no, the naked now, yeah, the naked now. <laughs> um, they it change almost, one I, word and it gets super confusing. Yeah. Well, it almost feels like there's a PSA written into this episode. Because this disease or whatever makes them act intoxicated and drunk. And at one point, like, it affects Wesley, you know, young Wesley Crusher. And he's like, I'm drunk! And Picard's like, yes, being intoxicated can have all kinds of bad effects on you, and you don't want this to happen to you. And I feel like... And I feel like, okay, we don't necessarily need this PSA thrown into our entertainment here. <laughs> Oh, and there's going to be another lovely, 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 lovely PSA that's going to happen a little later on with Wesley and Tasha, um, and we'll we'll cover that episode when we get to it. But it's got some alumni from uh, from the uh, the Kirk era movies in it. So I'm trying to talk around it. Looks like Eric's kind of thinking about what I I'm talking. No idea what episode you're talking about offhand. Has to do with um, one's a supplier of a cure. Oh, oh, okay, I understand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Got one's it. a supplier yep. of a cure and one's one's not. So, 
definitely I definitely know what episode you're talking about. And yeah. you're absolutely right. And that episode I think is even more heavy handed than this one is. Very heavy handed. So but we're not there yet, Eric. We can't we can't talk about that yet, man. Spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs> We've ruined it for him, dude. I can just uh, cover my ears. <laughs> <laughs> With your headphones on. Uh, yeah, take my headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Well, um, any um, any final thoughts in general about about just the collective episodes that that we've been talking about? Um, takeaways, just aha moments, just anything, anything that jumps out at you that you just you gotta say at this point as we as we. Uh, kind of wrap up our our conversation about these few episodes Uh, i have a couple or a few things they're they're super random just like funny random things i noticed uh, while watching um the first one is (laughs) i think i was talking someone with somebody about this in the uh the discord chat of unexpected podcast the other day but it was that at least in the first episode, I think it was when I noticed that. Notice this is Picard's suit is way too tight. First off, uh, <laughs> leaves nothing in the imagination. Unfortunately, um, well, fortunately, yeah, yeah, fortunately, there we go. Um, and everyone's is like that, so this, that was interesting. And then there was I don't remember. I think it was the first episode, um, but it was during the when they were evacuating the ship. Um, and everyone's kind of running everywhere and trying to get to the escape pods and whatnot. And you see this one guy pass who's in like one of those tops that's kind of like a skirt, I guess, more, more cut for, has a like female cut in, and he's not wearing pants. Yeah, the scant uniform. The scants. Yeah, yeah, there's scants. Like, and they, I think they were trying to show like, hey, men and women are equal and they can both wear these these scant uniforms okay it just caught me off guard because he just it was like almost like a little short skirt type thing it looked like on him at first and then there's just no pants and there's big giant bulky man legs and i was like wait a second it just it caught me off guard for a second (laughs) i don't i don't think that those uniforms ever come back after the pilot episode do they uh, maybe like except for the series finale yeah like maybe like one or two more times but like that's that's probably it that I can recall and then the last one is just from when they're kind of sitting up there and they're all and Picard's like in his cockpit chair and they're all looking out it's like that the Enterprise is massive and it's weird that they have like this tiny little window as their like cockpit view and it's it's like a pet peeve of mine as someone who spent two and a half years in aviation of like you have this ginormous ship that's like a size of a skyscraper that you're flying around and you get this like little like 15 foot long window as your viewport (laughs) and it was just like uh, i feel like they need they needed more there they needed you phil (laughs) They needed they needed you with with ship design and construction. I mean, let's let's be real. I was not born then. <laughs> so but. so, what do you think about the overall design of the ship? Do you like how it looks? Yeah, I mean, I I think it looks kind of cool and um, where you know it kind of comes 
apart as those two pieces and you had that the top part which is like a little saucer thing and then the bottom part um that was kind of interesting i don't remember seeing that um i don't know if i ever knew it could do that but that was kind of cool um, what about how it was like gratuitously long like the separation shot i know chase hates this how it's like it's so long it takes so long to come apart and then when they put it back together it takes so long to put it back together and they're just like hey look at our visual effects which you said look dated but i think they're just trying to highlight them with this yeah for the time they may have been good (laughs) yeah um like i mean if i had to design a spaceship i would design it a little differently um but i mean i'm also being like a huge star wars person you're used to seeing like a million different ships look a million different ways and um so i'm kind of you know open-minded i guess when it comes to the ship i feel like you know i mean i like it i guess (laughs) i don't have any real complaint about other than the viewport let's let's flip the script for a second okay so we're talking about like you were saying the skyscraper size ship the the uss enterprise d Okay, and we look in um, the the thing that comes to mind most readily from a different universe from Star Wars is the ship that um, uh, Chancellor Palpatine and Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, are on um, with General Grievous and other folks uh, from the Trade Federation at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. You have this like really really long football shaped ship thing or submarine looking thing and then you have like this little little bit like like this town home that's kind of like sitting on top of it (laughs) with like this itty bitty little like thing with like a little piece of glass as like rotundra type thing yeah like what's up with that (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's like just like sitting there like if you wanted to if you just wanted to sink that ship just cut the townhome off of that thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like a lot of, most of the big ships are like that, where it's just like one little spot, the cockpit and all that kind of is like way out there, looking down upon the rest of the ship, and it's like all you gotta do is... (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) So they can stare in awe at their massive ships that take up every bit of space everywhere right um yeah i feel like that's a common theme but i mean if you're really designing a ship your bridge with all your important people shouldn't be exposed right on the outside don't you think shouldn't it be like somewhere in the middle of the ship like so like if it takes any fire you're not gonna be like directly hit and one of the first things hit yeah, I mean, you'll have to, like, be a little lump or stand out somewhere if you want that visibility, but it's, like, as your visibility goes up, your, like, protection <laughs> goes down, so it's, like, you have to find that kind of sweet spot in there. So, here's here's the thing. The Enterprise D is, um, if we're British, and if you're British listening to this, if you're from the UK, shout out to the UK, um... The Enterprise is 641 meters, or, you know, American conversion, that's 2,103 feet long. That's a long ship. That's half a mile. Yeah. (laughs) It's a long, for for the Enterprise, yeah. 
So, anyway, just thought I'd point that out just real quick. And it weighs, um, hold on, 4.96 million metric tons. <laughs> I don't even know how to, like, think of that in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really big number. Unless I didn't say that right. It's 4,960,000 4, metric tons. So, just in case my brain didn't work. And... I might post some of these pictures since we're talking about it here at this point in the show. Um, there's, there are comparison images that you can look up, and like I said, I'll put this up. So the Eiffel Tower is 324 meters tall. The Space Shuttle um, is 56 meters. The Boeing uh, 747 is 71 meters. The Titanic was 269 meters. Uh, three times as long as the Titanic. Yes. Yeah. So I'll post these. I'll post these um, or this image and some of these things on the group and, and you know at the time that this this all drops so everyone can see it or or be aware of it and stuff like that. But uh, this is a huge huge ship and something that was kind of interesting. Uh, like if you're if you're a nerd and you're you're really into this kind of stuff, which I am. Um, like watching documentaries and seeing how they created the models because they were creating a model for this thing and they had like one designed specifically for like hero shots like where like it's kind of like zipping through like we see like in the, the opening intro like that's more of like yeah. like some hero shots um, and then there's just like other regular models for like just other stills and things that they need to do um, throughout the series and just how many like braces that they needed to be able to make it to where the ship wasn't just falling over from it being basically top heavy with its saucer section. So, yeah, didn't they typically film it upside down? Uh, if the they model? did, if they did, that's news to me. Any any type of documentary I've ever seen, um, you know, Netflix or or on the DVDs themselves just have like strings and like either blue or green bars that are kind of like stuck into into it that are kind of holding it in place where that can also kind of make it go forward and backward and left and right and stuff okay but i mean it could it could have very well been shot upside down for all i know but um fun fact for uh, for you guys um, especially like later on when, when the movies come out we're going to see another ship um, in a future movie with, um, uh, with in, in just Star Trek movies in general, where there's this thing called a captain's yacht. Now, allegedly, um, on the underside of the, um, of the saucer, there is a captain's yacht with this. And, and there's allegedly a captain's yacht in, um, um, on the USS Voyager as well. So... Um, so I've heard that before, and I think that's um, retconning, because I don't I, think that's true. I think it's I think it's a load of bunk, personally. Um, and to prove it, they'd have to just actually do a separation sequence for a captain's yacht on the Enterprise D. But we've never seen that, so. Mm. I think anyway. that was a, I think the captain's yacht was just a plot point in the movie that it exists, 
And then people said, hey, why have we never seen this before? And they're like, oh, well, it's there. We just never used it. Right, because we didn't want Industrial Light and Magic to come up with a separation sequence like they did with the horseshoe <laughs> and, the, and the saucer. So. It's going to be very highly detailed of all the workings and moving parts. <laughs> right, right. All right, gang. Well, um, I want to thank I want to thank uh, both of you for coming in and uh, talking once again, especially you, Phil, for um, for being the guinea pig and um, your willingness to do this. It means a lot to me. Um, I'd love I want to keep doing this type of thing. So if we do it, you know, in a month or so, like another five or six weeks, kind of like we did we did this time, um, I'd like to be able to talk. Um, maybe about a few more episodes or maybe the rest of the season depending on what your your schedule allows and um, just kind of take it from there I know you're about to um, uh, start some training with law enforcement if I'm not mistaken yeah starting the sheriff's academy gonna be a deputy you're my favorite deputy <laughs> thanks <laughs> we just put we just put batteries in um, Elena's uh, Woody doll, and we just pulled a string. And anyway, Toy Story. She's obsessed <laughs> with Toy Story right now. It's great. It's not. A hey, bad they're thing. they're yeah. It's not a bad thing to be obsessed with. Yeah, it's Toy Story, Frozen, Moana, Puppy Dog Pals, and Doc McStuffins. So, and right now she says she wants to be a doctor when she grows up. So I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. My niece, my niece is three. I just got back from visiting for Christmas, and she's in love with Frozen. And every day she had to watch Frozen. I was there for two weeks, and I watched. <laughs> we watched it every day. Proud of you. Good job. All right, gang. Well, um, well, Phil. As we sign off um, uh, with your podcast, I know that there are uh, there's a community that you have, and there are ways that we can, uh, you know, me and other folks can interact with you. Uh, but for those that are listening that might not have, uh, tell them about um, you know the socials and the ways that they can connect with you if they'd like to. Sure. Uh, and I will say I am thankfully a lot more knowledgeable on Lord of the Rings than I am on Star Trek. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're on Facebook at History of Middle Earth Podcast and a Facebook group as well. And then we're on Instagram at History of Middle Earth Pod because the podcast is too long apparently. And let's see what else. We have a Discord page, History of Middle Earth Podcast. And our, we have a main website, which is ministiritharchives.com. And there's all sorts of postings and about us and contact us and our Etsy shop and stuff all on that website. Very cool. And... Um I just got to say, I've been listening to, to Phil since the beginning, and he runs a great podcast, guys. So uh, for those of you that are into Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings lore, this guy knows his stuff, and um, he does a great job of curating it and uh, breaking it down Barney style for people to understand and at least have a greater appreciation for. So go check him out. Go check out his socials. Um, hit him up. Um, and you have a, um, I don't think you mentioned it, but you have a Patreon too, don't you? Uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I forget to talk about that in my own podcast anyway. Um, yeah, uh, we do have a Patreon. There's different levels of, uh, you can sign up as with different rewards. Uh, the, I know the care packages are about to go out for those who signed up uh, earlier on. So if you 
feel free to jump in at any time and yeah nice get get into that bonus content which i actually need to put more up on that too all right and and uh anyway again thank you thank you phil for for starting this with us um looking forward to reconnecting with you with you later on and uh the next episode that uh, we'll be doing will be um, going over um, basically the best of Picard as we prepare for um, for the new series that's going to be dropping on January 23rd of 2020. So um, Eric and I will be reconnecting for that and going through that and talking about different ideas. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the best of Picard. I know Phil said here that just initially he was the favorite character and he was the favorite character for a lot of people. So I'm looking forward just to getting into the best Picard episodes and really highlighting him, preparing for this new series. And I'm actually really excited about this new series, much more so than I've been for some of the other things, Star Trek, that have come out recently. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Eric, um, on Eric's uh, first episode, we kind of talked about um, you know when we were younger like in high school and college and how we would run to the computer and talk about uh, on instant messenger about 24 and Star Trek and just whatever we were you know watching at the time and at at this moment we're planning on doing a little revival of that uh, podcast style when Picard um, comes out so um, we'll be doing like special like engage um, like either segments or, or episodes or something like that, uh, kind of figure out what that's going to look like as we do like reaction episodes to Star Trek Picard when it, when it airs. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have more of that fleshed out once the next, um, after Best of Picard airs or, or something like that, which should be around the 17th of January of 2020. So um, Eric, thank you for your willingness to do that. Phil, thank you for being on. Um, for all of you um, that have enjoyed what you've heard, uh, remember that you can connect with us on all the socials at TRTVPod. So that's Instagram, Twitter, um, even Facebook. So um, just type in TRTVPod in your search on Twitter and Instagram. You can give us a follow and a like, um, some comments, stuff like that. And on Facebook, if you found the page, you found the group, there's a little button on there that says um, go to group or join group. Uh, make sure you like our page since we post updates on there fairly regularly and the conversation continues on the group too we have some some funny conversations we have um, other postings and just stuff that happens in there and we'd love to have you in there as well now if you want to get a hold of us and uh, you know say hey and you know uh, tell us about your own trek story and your experience and, and stuff like that maybe code of honor was your entry point and it's your favorite episode. We'd love to hear about that. Remember, you, to open up hailing frequencies, um, you can enter in coordinates trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only communication by entering in coordinates 817-752-4757. That's 817-752-4757. Now remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used on a future episode of These Are the Voyages. Now, let's say you want to send in some kind of long-range communication uh, using a Starfleet uh, subspace communication buoy or something like that, uh, and you want to do a good old-fashioned uh, snail mail. You can send a package, send a letter, something like that, to uh, you know, Lone Star Station, which is P.O. Box 2455, Azle, Texas, A-Z-L-E, uh, 760 
1-800-273-8698. Guys, thank you so much for all this. If you want to continue supporting the show, you can also tell your friends about it and also um, you know, be a financial supporter on Patreon. We have different tiers, and um, any, any level that you sign up for is greatly appreciated. Um, now, as we, as we go um, about the rest of our day, our week, and our year, I want you to always remember to boldly go and make it so. Take care.